Well, amazing for me because I can't do PowerPoint. I'm not going to use the microphone because I hate using microphones and I like to talk with my hands. Um, so, yeah, that's not going to happen. And also, all these pages and everything that I had all my notes written down on, I may as well throw in the bin. Because after Andrew talked last night, God blew my entire talk out of the water. Um, <clears throat> and I went to bed last night and God just went, see all that stuff that you prepared for today? You're not doing it. To which I replied, what? <laughs> to which God went, I'll give you the words to say today. I'm terrified getting up here this morning because uh, you guys don't know me. Um, I know some of you from the last time I spoke, uh, but I don't know all of you. Were you all there the last time I spoke? I don't remember. Maybe you were. Um, so this is it's terrifying to me because I don't see myself as a speaker. I don't see myself as somebody who's confident of getting up and talking in front of people. So what I say comes from the heart, comes from God. And if it makes sense to you, hallelujah, praise the Lord. If it doesn't, <coughs> and then we'll be back and use it again and again. Okay, my name is Julie, or Jules, a.k.a. Jules. Um, I am a learning support assistant in Ashfield Boys. Woo-hoo! Uh, I have been a Christian since I was 12 years old. Uh, I became a Christian... Uh, manifest, have you ever heard of Manifest? Yeah, old diesel have heard of Manifest. That's <laughs> old diesel have heard of Manifest. Um, when God spoke to me and decided, right, it's about time, Miss Nellis, that you gave your heart to me, and that was the end of it. Uh, and I haven't looked back since. What I want to talk to you guys about this morning is following on a bit from what Andrew spoke about last night. Andrew talked about people in the Bible who made an impact and whose stories we remember and who we still talk about today. I want to turn that on its head and I want to talk about who, who has made an impact in your life, my life, our lives as young Christians. Because before we can make an impact on other people, we have to use the impact that people make on us and take it and mold it and shape it and let God use it to get out there and make an impact on other people. In my life, <coughs> um, the biggest impact in my life and my faith life is my dad. My dad is my hero. Um, as far as faith is concerned, he's the strongest person I've ever met in my entire life. He inspires me to, do, to go out there and just to grab things for God. Um, <clears throat> my dad is very ill at the minute, but yet he still is inspiring me in my faith. He guides me in my faith. God, I, I'm convinced that God guides me through my dad. And because of the impact over the years that my dad has had in my life, it enables me to get out there and do things and not care anymore about what people think about me, what people say about me. It allows me to be God's hands and feet. I spent four years in uh, Connolly Methodist as a youth pastor and family worker. Uh, fantastic time. It wasn't only part-time, but it was a fantastic time. I loved it and had a great time. But in that time, I had struggles. I had challenges. I had issues with leaders, people going, well, you're the youth pastor, you do and I had to be God's hands and feet in a place where I didn't get much support. I didn't get much love at times. But I still had my dad in the, in the background going, this is where you're meant to be right now. God told you to do this. Go and do it. Get a move on. That's the impact that God had on me and that my dad had on me. Enabling me <coughs> to get out there and be God's hands and feet. 
I came back to my church, the Glenburn. I didn't think I was coming back to Glenburn after four years. Um, I thought I was going to go back to Carnegie and stay there and worship there and be wonderful. But God decided, uh uh-uh, straight back home. And I came straight back home to Glenburn. I didn't know where I fitted in because before I'd left, I was in everything and doing everything and involved in everything. Um, And when I came back, it was almost like, I don't know where my place is here. I don't know what you want me to do, God. Tell me what you want me to do. And slowly but surely, God has introduced church back into my life, has introduced me back into my church life as well. And it's opening up new avenues for me to explore and things to do, such as this. Beforehand, this would terrify me. I would never get up and speak in front of people. But God has now opened it up to me and is allowing me to do it. So what I want to ask you guys this morning is, who has made an impact on your life? Take a couple of minutes and think about that. It could be someone sitting beside you. It could be a family member. It could be a teacher in school. Oh my goodness, no way. It could be a learning sport assistant in school. High five. It could be somebody completely random. Someone you met once. Someone who taught you in Sunday school. Who has made an impact on your life as a young Christian? Now, I don't know your stories. I don't know if all of you here are Christians. I hope and pray to God that you all are. <clears throat> but that's up to you. If you want to come and tell me that, that's fine. I have no problem with that. But what I will tell you is that even if you don't, if you haven't made that commitment, there's still somebody in your life that's making an impact on you right now and is allowing you then to go out and be the person that you are right now. I want us to have a look at a, a Bible verse this morning or a Bible passage this morning. But I want to ask you a question. How can we be the hands and feet of God. And later on tonight, I'm going to be looking at that in a more practical sense. So ways that we can do it in our church, in our schools, in our homes, with our mates, in different places. So we'll have a look. And I do have a PowerPoint for that, and I am doing that this evening. Um, So we'll have a look at that later on. But this morning, I want us to have a wee quick look at uh, the book of Corinthians. How apt is that? That uh, Lorraine read for for us from Corinthians. Although it was a different verse, but it was still Corinthians. Uh, and it's First Corinthians, and it's chapter 12. And it's verses 12 to 26. <coughs> and if you don't have the Bible, don't worry, because I'm going to read it. First Corinthians chapter 12, verses 12 to 26. And I am going to read it to you. And when I'm reading it, I want you to think not practically about this. Oh, how good are you? But spiritually about this. Okay? Don't think practically. Think spiritually. And you'll understand why in a minute. (coughs) One body with many parts. The human body has many parts. But the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. Some of us are Jews, some are Gentiles, some are slaves, and some are free. But we have all been baptized into one body by one spirit, and we all share the same spirit. Yes, the body has many different parts, not just one part. If the foot says, I am not part of the body because I am not a hand, 
that doesn't make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear says, I'm not a part of the body because I'm not an eye, would that make it any less a part of the body? If the whole body were an eye, how would you hear? Or if your whole body were an ear, how would you smell anything? But our bodies have many parts. God has put each part just where he wants it. How strange our body would be if it only had one part. Yes, there are many parts, but only one body. The eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. The head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. In fact, some parts of the body that seem the weakest and least important are actually the most necessary. I'm going to read that verse again. In fact, some parts of the body that seem the weakest and least important are actually the most necessary. And the parts we regard as less honourable are those we clothe with the greatest care. So we carefully protect those parts that should not be seen, while the more honourable parts do not require this special care. So God has put the body together such that extra honour and care are given to those parts that have less dignity. This makes harmony among the members of the body, so that all members care for each other. If one part suffers, all the parts suffer with it. And if one part is honoured, all the parts are glad. Bit of a strange one. <clears throat> this is one of, of um, not my favourite, but it's one of the, the passages in the Bible that I love to explore in different ways. And I've heard it explained a few different ways. Where a lot of people, when they read it, they think, oh, God's talking about a hand and a foot and a da 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 And they take it very literally. But I want to turn it on its head, and I want to talk about you guys. And I know what it's like to be a young person, because I'm still young. I know what it's like to be a teenager, as I'm sure many of the adults in here remember as well. I know what it's like to be least important in church, to have adults talking down to you, to have them looking at you if you make, if you make a coughing noise in church as if to say, shut up. To see all the little children running around church and have adults sitting looking disapprovingly at them when church is for them cracks me up no end. I know what that's like. But God says in the Bible, and I'll read it again, some parts of the body that seem the weakest and the least important are actually most necessary. You guys are most necessary. You guys are awesome as Andrew said last night. And how do you be God's hands and feet in a church, in a place where it's so hard at times and it's so difficult at times? <clears throat> Guys, you just let God guide you. And you have to realize your importance out there in the world and in your churches when you go home. You have to realize how, oh, your potential, how much God can do with you. No matter what age you are, whether you're 11, or whether you're 18, whether you're 35, <coughs> whether you're 22, you have to realize your potential and realize how much of an impact that God can make on you and that you can then make on others. And that's why I asked you to think about someone who has made an impact on your life. Because in order to be God's hands and feet, we have to actually get out there and get up the courage to get out there and do things and say things and make things. But for that to happen, we need someone to inspire us. 
And we have God, we have an amazing God who tells us to do things all the time. But we don't always listen to him. So God realizes this. So God then takes someone else and says to them, can you tell that person to get up off their backside and go and do what they know they can do and what I know they can do? Now, obviously, I'm not going to go up to bed and something go, Ben, I know you can play football. Get off your ass and go and teach football. That's not what I mean. What I mean is someone's going to come along and see Ben doing something in church and if God's going to click in their head, he could do that with such and such. Hmm, he can do this. How amazing would it be if he was to get up and do this? Sorry, Ben, I'm just picking on you. Do you see what I'm getting at, guys? Look at your potential. Look what you can do out there for God. Do not think of yourself as the weakest or the least in a church. Do not think of yourself as the weak link in your church, in your group of friends, just because somebody else can sing and you can't, just because somebody else can pray out loud and you can't, just because somebody else is brilliant with kids and likes making an idiot out of themselves and you feel you're too shy to do it. So what? You could be the person behind the scenes making the flyers, organising everything, getting the food and drinks ready. You could be the one standing up here speaking to the kids that nobody else can do. Don't ever think of yourself as the weakest link because God sees you as one of his strongest links. I want to have, I was thinking there when we were singing, um, it just struck me, the second verse, of that song take me as you find me all my fears and failures can you stick it up for me Andrew please as soon as you're a technical wizard and I'm not ta-da nope take me as you find me all my fears and failures there we are fill my life again Take me as you find me, God. Use me as I am now. I don't need to be a holier than thou, holy, holy Christian to do things for God. You don't need to be amazing at everything in church to be God's hands and feet. You just have to be you. As Andrew said last night, with all the crap that's filling your life, with all the rubbish you're all going through, we still have to get up in the morning. We still have to live our lives. So why not grab the hold of what God's given us and live our lives for him? We get up in the morning. We think, I have another day to do. Do you know what, God? I can't do this. I get up in the morning after having been up maybe three or four times a night with my dad, <coughs> helping my mum and dad, help my mum care for my dad during the night. Um, I maybe have to get up and help lift his legs back into bed or help settle him again in his bed or get him his drink or do something like that that my mum can't always do. So I could be up two or three times a night and then I have to get up at six o'clock in the morning and get organised for school and take the dogs out for a walk and then get ready to go to school. And some mornings I get up and I go, I can't, God, I can't do this anymore. Where am I getting the strength for this from? And then I suddenly realise I do have the strength to do this. I can do this. I can go into school and I can be Miss Nellis and I can be the person that God has asked me to be because he gives me the strength to be his hands and feet. He gives me the strength to get up in the morning, to go out there and to say to the boys, stop swearing, please. I don't appreciate it. I am a Christian. Or if the boys shout, oh my God. It's like, hallelujah. I have done it in class. Oh, it works. It's amazing the reaction you get afterwards. 
Okay, so no matter what you're going through, take me as you find me, God. Here I am. I can't be anybody else. We try so hard to be like other people, to fit in, to blend in. Oh, well, she can sing. I could be in the prayer song. Maybe I could do that too. Maybe that's where I'm supposed to be. Oh, she's doing the prayers. Come to the prayers, come to the prayers. That's where I'm supposed to be. Nuh-uh. Doesn't work like that, guys. Okay? Yes, certainly. Try things out. But eventually, God will turn around and say, in your heart, that's you. That's where I want you to be. I spent, as I said, I spent four years in Cornerly. I set up the praise band in Cornerly. I didn't sing once in the praise band in Cornerly. Because God didn't want me to. He wanted me there to start it up, to set it up, <clears throat> to get things moving, to let the young people in, to take it over. And I just took a step back and went, okay. Killed me, because I love to sing. There's nothing I love more than to sing God's praise. But I had to take a step back and go, okay. So, in that sense, how can we follow in God's footsteps? How can we be who God wants us to be? What I'd like you to do now for the next 10 minutes is I want you to go grab your Bible and I want you to grab, I didn't want you to go downstairs or anywhere too far away, just out into the corridor or around here. And I want you to find a space on your own and I want you to read over the passage again and see what God has to say to you about it. Alright? Think about it in terms of what can I do for you, God? If you're sitting here right now, I get a sense that there's quite a few people sitting here right now and they're listening to me and they're going, whatever, yeah, right, God can't use me, I'm weak, I'm rubbish, I'm only little, I'm no good at anything. And if you were blatantly honest with me right now, you would say, actually, Jules, yeah, that's me. I'm only little. I'm too weak. I'm not a strong enough Christian. I don't read my Bible enough. I don't read my Bible enough. God still talks to me and still speaks through me. Not saying that you shouldn't read your Bible, but do read your Bible. But I'm not a perfect Christian. God still uses me. So we want you now for the next 10 minutes. I'm going to call you back at, yes, at 12. I want you back in here. I want you to go away for 10 minutes on your own. No talking to anybody. I want you to read the passage aloud to yourself. Okay? And then I want you to read it again. And then I want you to read it again. And the first thing that comes into your head that God says to you, I want you to write it down. Okay? And when you come back, I'm going to ask you what it is. Alright? Don't be scared, because we're friends here. Alright? The whole point of the whole point of this weekend is to open ourselves up and to be vulnerable to God, to be vulnerable with each other. Okay? The hardest thing in the world for me is to talk about how ill my dad is, but I've just done it. Okay? So that it's easy for you, it should be easy for you guys to come back and say, if God doesn't say anything to you, that's absolutely fine. Don't panic. Maybe at 3 o'clock tomorrow morning, God will say, remember you were reading that? Well, here's what I want you to know. Don't tell me at 3 o'clock in the morning. I will not be happy. But come to me tomorrow and say, Jules, I didn't hear anything yesterday. But God spoke to me in my dreams. Or God talked to me this morning. And here's what he said. Any of us would love to hear what God says to you. And that goes for you leaders as well. I want you guys to go away. And I'll do it as well. For the next 10 minutes. I'm going to shut up because we need 10 minutes. And read it. 
and just talk to God. Ready? Steady? <laughs>